The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. You have multiplied exultation, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you, as with joy at the harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For all the boots of the tramping warriors and all the garments rolled in blood shall be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Great will be his authority, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has conceived a son, and this is the sixth month for her, who was said to be barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowly state of his servant. Surely from now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Indeed, his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has come to the aid of his child Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, 
to Abraham and to his descendants forever. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be pregnant from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to divorce her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had given birth to a son, and he named him Jesus. Now in that same region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those with whom he finds favor. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. And Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as it had been told them. You know, from a historical perspective, the birth of Jesus took place at the best possible moment to give birth to the Christian faith. From this historical perspective, the conditions were exactly right for the coming of Jesus. 
the economic situation of the world in which, into which Jesus was born. There was this growing gap between the haves and the have-nots. In fact, at that time, a third of the world's population were slaves. And people cried out for someone to deliver them. Politically, Christ was born during the Roman peace, the empire of Rome, while they were a rather you know, cruel empire at that time, they did establish a peace which would pave the way for the spread of the gospel. The Romans built great roads and proved useful in the spreading of the gospel from one nation and city and town to town. There was also a common language that was spoken in the time of Jesus. That was Greek. And so when the message of the gospel was spoken or written, as the New Testament was, in Greek, people understood what the message was. But most of all, the conditions were ripe religiously. As many of the gods of the Greek and the Roman mythology no longer held people's attention, And in Israel especially, the people's hearts burned for the coming of God's Messiah, the one who would fulfill their hopes. The prophets had spoken of this as we heard this evening about a time when God would send his anointed one to his people to bring them a new birth as a people. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The historian looks at the timing of Jesus' birth, and it could not have been better to have been, for him to have been born because the world was ripe for his coming. But then I have to look at it from the perspective of Mary and Joseph. And I have to wonder, was it very good timing for them? From their perspective, the birth of Jesus could not have come at a worse time. The Bible tells us that when Mary was late in her pregnancy, she and Joseph, her husband, were forced to make a journey from their hometown of Nazareth to a town called Bethlehem, a distance of approximately 70 miles. They had to register there. That was Joseph's place of birth. The emperor decreed that every male had to return to his town of birth and be counted. Now, this was a homecoming sorts for Joseph because this being the place where he was born, but it was not the kind of homecoming that he was hoping for. Mary and Joseph had no choice in this matter. If somebody told me that I had to travel back to the place where I was born when my wife was at her full term of pregnancy, I would say, no, I'm not going to do it. And that would have been the end of it. But that's not the kind of world that Mary and Joseph lived in. Whatever your circumstances were, whatever state of health you were in, whatever crisis you were experiencing, you were forced to pack up your belongings and put them on a donkey or whatever mode of travel you had, and you had to be there to be counted. Hey, and if a woman miscarried on the way, what was that in the grand scheme of things? What did it matter? when the empire counted most. So I have this picture in my mind, Mary and Joseph, gingerly, you know, Joseph gingerly lifting Mary up onto a donkey, Mary in the full term of her 
pregnancy than setting out on their travels this 70-mile journey. Joseph praying that they won't hit any divots in the road, which might cause her to fall, or that might have uh, make a sudden stop which would jolt Mary into labor. Picture also that as they arrived in Bethlehem, it was packed, the crowds of people pressing in and around them as they searched for a place to stay, and there must have been a great many people because there was no room for them even at the inn. And so they had to spend a night in a stable. It seems to me that Mary and Joseph deserve better. Both of them proved to be faithful in God's call to be parents of the baby Jesus. Mary trusted when God, the angel, visited upon her. Joseph trusted, even when it must have been so difficult for him to do so. Surely this critical part of the story could have run more smoothly. I'm reminded of a scene which occurred at a church Christmas pageant, and at this particular church, they were reenacting the events of the birth of Jesus the first Christmas, and a little boy wearing his, uh, you know, a bathrobe for his garment and a, and a towel over his head was playing the part of the innkeeper. And just as Mary and Joseph were turning away, as he said, there's no room for them at the inn, a bit of sympathy welled up within him, and he said, but you can have my room if you want. Wait a minute. <laughs> Another child totally embarrassed his parents when in a similar setting he was playing the uh, child playing the innkeeper and with rather stern words he said to Mary and Joseph there's no room here and he slammed the door and then he opened it and said but if you'd like you can come in for a cocktail there's that part of us that wishes we could have been there on that first Christmas Eve that we could have been there to help these two who were so faithful, and, and also that this was such a critical moment in the birth, with the birth of Jesus. So there they are, these two weary travelers wrapping themselves up in blankets, lying down on a bed of straw in this stable where they were forced to stay in the evening because there was nowhere else for them to go. I'm thinking all they wanted to do was get this obligation over with get back on that donkey and head back to Nazareth. But it was there. The Bible tells us that the time came for Mary to deliver her child. The best possible time for Jesus to come? I think we can sympathize, at least somewhat, with what must have been going through the minds of Mary and Joseph on this first Christmas you know, if we are honest, there are times when we wonder, what is God up to? What is he thinking amidst the chaos that we experience not only in our own lives, but that the chaos we see in so many different regions of our country and our world? It appears that being faithful to God's call doesn't mean that all the pieces of your life are going to fall into place very neatly as we think they should. We experience those events which occur with a kind of cruel randomness. And we say to ourselves, the timing, God, this couldn't be worse. But if the Christmas story tells us anything, it is that God is present when the timing is off. 
It is often in those moments when life seems the most out of control that God finds his opportunity to bring about some good. You know, I know a man who was self-employed in a successful restaurant business. But during the early days of the pandemic, he had to close his restaurant, and even though months later he opened it up again, he was not able to be successful. And he had to shut it down. And he shut it down December 31st, 2021. Well, as you can imagine, the holidays that he was anticipating were going to be very sad and gloomy. But he was surprised what he experienced. And he would later say, when that restaurant went bankrupt, I discovered that life was not all about money. My relationship with my wife and my two sons took on a different meaning. And we became a support for each other, which we didn't have before. Or I consider these words from a woman struck by a truck while she was riding her bike, and it broke, broke her back, requiring months of grueling therapy and healing. And she would later say, you know, as strange as it sounds, I have learned to savor joy. I know a pastor who had a teenage son and he developed cancer in his right leg. Unfortunately, it would turn out to be the kind of cancer that could be treated, and he was able to gain a full recovery, but they didn't know that at the time. And as he reflected on this experience, he said, my son and I are closer than we ever have been, and it took cancer to bring us together. The God of the Bible works his power, works his purpose out of chaos, not convenience. And isn't it true, when situations are the most out of control, that we are more likely to rely on God to see us through? You know, when you consider Mary and Joseph, how their, their lives were just kind of thrown into this, this storm uh, of, uh, of events for them, they had to rely on God to see them through. They had to take time to in this utter confusion, and render it over to the strongest of hands, God's, from the weakest of hands, theirs. It was a power not from within themselves, but a power beyond themselves that would see them through until God's purpose was fulfilled. And maybe that's all we need to know. This Christmas Eve, 2023, if life is out of control and the timing is off and the storms of life are raging, all of these dynamics were there on that first Christmas. The incarnation means that God does not turn his back on us in our times of trouble. He reaches right into the thick of it. And it could be that, that this is when God will do his most wondrous work in you. Or it could be that God is calling you to be that instrument to someone who is hurting because the storms of life are raging. As God's people, we are the extension of Christ's incarnation, the carriers of light into darkness, which means you can be a part of the story, the wondrous work of God Maybe you can be that with somebody who desperately needs it. Christ was born in the midst of troubled times.
turns out, it was the best of all times for him to enter this world. Amen. Now to him who by the power at work within us is able to do far more abundantly than we could ask or think, to him be the power and the glory now and forever. Amen and amen.